Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100% fuck yeah, join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going and at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. Yeah, I took that out because it's, it's an adventure. I think you could probably actually see my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, we're episode, what episode are we at? 25? 26. Oh my god! Oh, nice. Yeah, we're episode twenty six. We're we're like um, a thousand downloads deep, which is uh, awesome. It means like people actually give a shit about what we have to say. Totally. Or there's one person who's downloaded it. Yeah, or, or he's just spamming the hell out of it. <laughs> Me actually. <laughs> so we're uh, episode twenty six, and we have a guest, Mr. Jeff from Vine Arts. Yeah, absolutely. And Donna Mack. Um, and proof. And proof, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's actually where we met. I have to mention proof. my healthy baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing with all of that? Some people might know what those names are. Sure. I don't know. Vern knows what any of those places are. Enlighten me. Right. Absolutely. And then we can uh, go from there. So Vine Arts is a local retail wine and spirits boutique. We started it in... 2012 in Victoria Park, my business partner Jesse Willis and I. Um, so that was our first location on First Street. Uh, and it took off, did very well. We focused a lot on hard to find kind of unique products across the entire spectrum of offerings. And uh, particularly the cocktail side of things was blowing up uh, at that point in time in Alberta. So we saw a lot of uh, uh, positive movement of that sort of stuff and kind of focused shifted our focus over to that uh with that in 2015 the landlord of the building that we're in offered uh some more space for us so we decided to take it and open proof cocktail bar so yeah. that was in 2015 uh and again that was really good timing and a pretty sharp concept uh so it took off right out of the gates um and uh it allowed us to kind of look to expand and in 20 16 we opened our second binards on 17th avenue uh between 8th and 9th street which is still there and uh donna mac restaurant on 10th avenue 9th street that was uh november of 2017. Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah lots going on in the last few years yeah probably too much (laughs) well that is a tendency right yeah absolutely we got to keep ourselves busy and sometimes we keep ourselves so busy, there's no time for anything else. Exactly. So speaking of which, is that what, what's the... So, yeah, so um, so I asked Jeff, I'm like, Jeff, when you are not crushing doing it. stuff... <laughs> you're not crushing it out there. Yeah, when, when you're not like just rocking it out, what do you do in your spare time? And he's like, spare time? He's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what the fuck's that? <laughs> Uh, but then joking aside, he's like, well, I, you know, I like to, uh, spend some time doing puzzles and, and crosswords and word searches. And I'm like, Hmm. All right. So 
what would it look like if as we were talking for the next half hour we're, we're actually doing a, a word search sure and uh i mean i also said i read a lot which would make for a really boring podcast yeah totally i mean i gotta just gotta pick, I gotta pick the right <laughs> lines right new story time yeah so so this is what we did we we put together a little word search. Vern's already like super anxious about it. <laughs> yeah. These are these are all terms that I think we will all relate in terms of, of us being okay. entrepreneurs and, and what we're up to. And so don't get me wrong, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on this. I like yeah. went and, and, and found this online service. What can make a crossword or a word search for me? And in, in and somebody had created an algorithm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, if that wasn't there, I'd, I'd really think there was something wrong with humanity because this is like a simple win here. Totally. So so that's what this is. And uh, and there's no expectations on it. It's just a, a fun little okay, thing. Well, I need parameters here. Like, do do they go forwards and backwards? Do we have I honestly angles? have no we idea. We don't know? I have no idea. We're jumping into this? Yeah. This is, seems like more of an advanced crossword here when you don't bring the word list. Like, I mean, you just, Am I the only one that's going to make a big deal out of that? You, you technically you just start, okay, I'm going to look for a scene. So there's, there. there's something... That will pop up for you here, yeah. Because you're, it's on your mind. It, you're, it's in your, in your space. So, oh, really? I mean, consider it that 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 actually would be the case. So the, the words will start to pop out at you when you, when you see them, like TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's an actual word. That doesn't count. Uh, right. Fair um, enough. And and so as. We have, we have a tendency to just kind of fly by the seat of our pants here in yeah, this podcast. I think good. that's what makes it um, makes it good and, and something that we enjoy to do. And I, I've been thinking about this this word search. And I'm like, okay, so as the words come in, maybe we get to talk about what that actually means in in our in our worlds, in our consecutive businesses, and uh, in sure. our lives, and and see where the conversation goes from there. Sure. So first of all, about binaries. Yeah. What so what makes that different than um, a, a regular, let's say, a wine store or <clears throat> yeah, a place I might go to? I think it's. Uh, I mean, the offerings uh, are certainly different. Uh, we have access to a few things that um, we can either take all of it from the agents, or we've searched it out and curated it to a point where uh, a big store um, and and they're kind of focus they're not going to be able to hand sell it mm. uh, so it's not likely to move off the shelves and then when i think about those sorts of items i think about like a really fantastic wine from um, a family that's been winemaking forever and uh, say in spain um their marketing has not changed maybe in a hundred years and yeah, uh, right. and it's not the most appealing packaging to today's clientele however we've tried it we know it's unbelievable it's a crazy good price mm. and so we're able to easily sell that wine uh, within the store. So it may be available to other places, but you as the customer are not necessarily going to get that level of service where um, you're going to be talked into something that you wouldn't normally purchase. And I think we're right. really, we're really good at that. Um, the other thing is, is that all those staff are highly trained. We taste everything that comes in the doors, but they're also highly trained and passionate themselves. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily something that you see at all stores. And, and you do see it at many stores in town. Right. Uh, some of the smaller boutiques, but certainly not all stores. So this might be a question you answered a thousand times, but what 
What's your background? Like what made you guys want to offer something like that? Yeah, so I was originally in hospitality. Like I've been in hospitality restaurants since I was a child, like 15. Oh, okay. Um, so <clears throat> I went through um, the Earl's group when I was uh, young in Regina, uh, moved my way up there, kind of hit the ceiling, uh, knowing that the general manager wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, I was night manager at the time. Oh, okay. So in 2002, I decided to move out to Calgary uh, to open the Salt Lake Steakhouse with them. Uh, did that for a few years, uh, was in the kitchen, and then ran nights, and then ran the entire restaurant as general manager for a few years. Um, and then <clears throat> made a shift over to oil and gas, which I mean, kind of oh, happens in, okay. yeah, yeah. it was, I, I don't know what exactly I was chasing. I think I was, uh, to be honest, I think I was chasing more of a regular schedule and sure, yeah. I thought that I wanted a nine to fiver and, and more free time for myself. turns out I didn't really. We tend uh, to try and talk ourselves into that kind of stuff when we're in a period where things aren't really working the way we want them to. We're like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally to change yeah. conversation. Well, and I didn't, you know what, too, is to, to be honest, I didn't, uh, I didn't evaluate it properly. I didn't evaluate what was actually uh, bothering me. It wasn't my industry. Yeah. It was my job like that I currently had. Sure. And had I taken a better look at it, I probably would. And I don't think that those years were by any stretch of the imagination wasted. I, I was a landman for, uh, well, I spent eight years in oil and gas. So I would have been a contracts landman for three years in a and a negotiating landman for about uh, another four. Okay, well. So uh, I learned a lot. Pay was fine. Everything was great, but I wasn't really happy. And uh, so while I was doing that, I was working part-time at Bin 905, uh, which is a wine, boutique wine store in Mission. So you never really got out of it? I never really got out of it. And I met my business partner there, and we just kept discussing these concepts, specifically the retail wine concept. And, and we just took it down. It's logical. It took quite a few years. I think I met Jesse in 2009, uh, or no, I guess it would have been like 2007 or 8, and then we didn't get Fine Arts open until 2012. So. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. some time to develop a relationship anyway. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's uh, the strongest relationship I've had in my life. <laughs> like the last, he's, our, our partnership is rock solid, which is, I think, if you're going to get into a business with somebody, for sure, yeah. it's huge. Like uh, the trust level is uh, unquestionable, and uh, and we just, uh, you know, the level of protecting one another and like the the respect is is you know unmatched. I think in relationships I see in business, so that's helped us to to grow. Right. For sure. So you you've had a ton of experience in the industry, and you just sort of saw that. You can, you can pick out holes or you can yeah. find opportunities. When well, Jesse had had like a lot more experience in the retail side. So um, I, I had just basically started in retail as a way to stick around wine and get a good discount. And, and mm. uh, he saw, he saw, he came up through retail and he saw, uh, and as did I, but uh, the, like a big opening and opportunity in Calgary. At that time, everything was... Uh, that was boutique was also stuffy and a little bit arrogant uh, and it wasn't really bringing really good products to people who weren't necessarily comfortable um, going into a boutique wine store because they didn't know anything about wine right um, yeah and uh, they just wanted a six pack of beer and some Ryan Cokes so there was a legitimate opportunity there and I think that honestly we were um, one of the first to bring it all the way down to like our age group which was like late 20s early 30s uh, it's common now. Like I think that that's like where people shoot 
when they open it's it. It's an expectation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a, it's smart because those are the people that you want to attract. They spend the most money on liquor. Yeah. It's a fact. If you yeah. look at your life, yeah. that's usually the age uh, where you, you spend the most on it. And so uh, no, it doesn't change, does yeah. it? Yeah, some people it never changes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to cheat and take the word. The only two words that I see David has found here. What are your words? Oh, I got differentiation. Yeah, nice. which which is a big one. Uh, yeah, I've I've also there's like a few more in here. Except they they start to, as the conversation comes, they start to show up. But you actually got to look at it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I got that. Yeah, there was some interesting things that came out as you were talking and. Um, and there were things clearly in your world that um, that had an influence in you in, in the choices that you made. Yeah. Uh, and and I would say one of, one of the biggest things is is like finding purpose. Your your nine, sure. nine to five didn't didn't have that fulfilled. No, it wasn't getting it done, and uh, not for my lack of trying. I wanted uh, to have more impact uh, every single day that I went into that office. But uh, office scenarios that sometimes. Especially larger companies, and I was working for uh, a fairly large, mid-sized company in town. Um, the The opportunity for somebody, at least of my demeanor and expectation on myself, was uh, was being throttled. You know what I mean? Like Great. just held back, and I, uh, it, yeah, it wasn't something that um, gave me great pleasure every day. And I mean, I. Uh, it's a, it can be a weakness in an office situation to believe that, you know, you're, you're better than your station and that you can achieve more because you tend to look like a ladder climber. Whereas in entrepreneurial endeavors, I mean, it's like, it's key, right? Like uh, the, the whole it's, it's moving the critical forward. Formula. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is like, you know what, to hell with, uh, everybody else's expectations on themselves or myself. I'm just going to do what I have to do. Uh, and when you're free to do that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more action. There's a lot more activity moving forward than uh, when you're held back from it. So, and I mean, but those like again, like I'm, I, I try to be very careful about. Um, I don't have a like I don't have a university degree, and I talk to people who are like they're useless. Well, that's not true. <laughs> like I mean, a university degree is not a useless endeavor. It's a very important endeavor for certain types of people who want to achieve certain types of things. Um, I recognized early for me that it wasn't something that like I was going to chase down. Right. Um, but that's me. Uh, and I also think like what's bringing that up in my head is the office thing, right? Like those types of jobs, when I'm at my worst right now for stress and like the amount of time I'm giving to my businesses um, and the people within them, I have envy of my old office job quite a bit. I'll think back and go, yeah, I remember I just could get up, I'd go for coffee for an hour and a half and then I'd come back to the office and like hammer out my work in a couple hours and have the rest of the day to myself. Well, those days are like long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They don't even And they weren't, weren't, you know, fulfilling at the time, but you want them once in a while still. Totally. (laughs) You know what's hilarious? (laughs) You said those days are long gone and I just circled commitment. (laughs) There you go. So you said something interesting in there that uh, it's not true that a university degree is useless, and I like the way that you position that because I may have been guilty. <coughs> Excuse me. I may have been guilty <coughs> at some point in the past of my life and saying, "Oh, university degrees are useless," but that's probably my justification or, or jealousy that, like, I don't actually think that I'm the type of person that could really commit to something like that. Yeah. And you really just have to 
have commitment and find a, a differentiation, yeah. a different way yeah. to get the job done and, and do what it is that you want to do, right? There's other ways to do it other than going to university, but they're certainly not, like you said, they're certainly not useless. No, and I, I'm, I've always been, I'm not a, much of a road learner. Like I, uh, I, I know that about myself and maybe I was lucky to identify that in myself early on um, because it's not something that people identify. How people learn is not something that they often identify in themselves early enough or ever at all. Right? No, yeah. And, we're not, uh, I don't think we're taught enough of that, how you actually no, learn. No, and it, there's not enough differentiation in in uh, education on that, right? Like, sure. I mean, there is nowadays, I think. But when there, we, I think they're starting to get to that point where they go, oh, wait a minute, you guys aren't all the same. Exactly. They're just now, I think, starting exactly. to implement that stuff where they... You know, they find different ways for to connect with kids as opposed to... Which is important. Like, I mean, I was a kinesthetic important. learner. I was really good at athletics. And, I mean, that's when I... That's how I identified um, with school, we, looking back. Sitting in a desk was... Torturous. And again, I didn't recognize it at the time, but it was... Yeah, it was torturous for me. Like, yeah. I just yeah. hated it. Um, so, like classes, like, that had labs or that we were actually doing something or, yeah. or there's physical activity... Uh, I could succeed at, um, but you know, rote learning just like couldn't do it. Uh, I could force myself to do it, but uh, it was never with the same success. So, yeah, I think you're right. There's there's a lot more um, uh, of that. You know, trying to first identify how people learn, and mm -hmm. then and then teaching them. And I mean, obviously, that's a huge good because to put everybody into the same boxes, you're you're going to end up with. Um, some failures that wouldn't necessarily be failures had they been taught correctly. Well, and that's a byproduct of, of an old uh, an old world uh, and in uh, the context of the Industrial Revolution and to get people to like fall in line and, and do yeah do a certain <clears throat> set of tasks that actually are, are no longer relevant totally. in our world. Um, and so this is one of the things that I keep telling my kids. Mm -hmm. school is there for you to understand how to learn things. Mm -hmm. It isn't about the things you're learning necessarily all the time. Totally. And it will show you what's possible when you, when you are in the mindset of like, okay, I'm, I'm here to learn something, mm -hmm. but it, if it's math, if it's, if it's English, if you know, what, whatever the constructs are that they put you inside of, it's actually not about that piece mm -hmm. necessarily, unless it's something that you're drawn to, in which case, Double down. Yeah, and I think you need to be that that part is that component is key is that you need to be drawn to it to a certain degree. I also um, I think recognized early on that I have a healthy disdain for authority. In, 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 <laughs> in a word in here. In, is it nice in 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 many regards? And um, so I had a hard time <laughs> I think making the distinction between um, the the educator. Uh, and the subject, right? Right. Like, uh, I, Somebody telling me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, versus like, do I really care about this subject? Right. Uh, or am I just putting up a wall because I don't really care for this person? Yeah, you. In particular. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's, yeah. a, that's something that like, again, once it's recognized, it's a little easier to overcome, uh, which I, I'm pretty much past it in my, my current age. Uh, but I mean, it was something that early on, I just didn't want to hear... Uh, somebody telling me that I had to do something. Mm. Uh, it's very kind of a juvenile uh, attitude towards you know yeah. everything, but it's in a lot of people in that age group, and uh, that resistance I think pushed me back along to, uh, quite a bit too. 
Well, I don't, I don't know about you, Vern. I still fucking hate it when someone tells me what to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a lot better these days at... Uh, the approach Breaking is everything, everything though, The approach right? is everything. Yeah, the approach is everything. If, if it's coming from a place of, listen, you have to do this, and, and I'm ordering you to do this, it's like, what, what is going on right now? Who says I have to do this? Yeah. Like, right away, I'm not even, I'm no longer uh, set on, on what it is that I could be learning, like what the potential is. Now I'm all stuck up in, in you forcing me <clears throat> to go in a certain direction. Totally. Uh, and, and to your earlier point about the, the journey for, for being an entrepreneur, uh, that's kind of a big fuck you to, to the whole nine to five. Yeah. Right? Often. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, notwithstanding now creating our own little box and locked box that we struggle to get out of sometimes but well that's it right like i mean that's the conundrum is that you often uh you're like i'm gonna do something because i want to be in charge of my own time and then right. that that baby ends up just destroying all of your time uh but you know hopefully you've made a choice that that time isn't uh putting that time in isn't so painful i, I haven't found this word yet it's probably in here somewhere but it sounds like uh what we're talking about here is awareness yeah mm -hmm. a lot of it like being aware of how you learn being aware of what you really want to do being aware of why you're making certain decisions like am i deciding to start this business or do this thing because that guy's a dick and i don't want to listen to him anymore <laughs> totally. or am i right or is there something that i'm actually passionate about inspired like where are you coming from and why are you doing that yeah thing, right that's important. I, yeah. I mean, because I'm just framing it that right now. I'm all consumed by our current business. Right. Um, it's new. It's under six months open, which means that it's two years in the making, but it's it's under six months open to the public. Right. Um, and we're in a current market right now where that six months has been trying. Right. And uh, in those trying situations, just like in any relationship, you start to look back and you're like, why did I make the decisions that I made? Uh, could I have made a different decision? Uh, was there, you know, like overconfidence you know, to the point of arrogance, maybe mm. in certain things? Uh, are we are we doing things um, like we know they should be done? Or are we doing them like we think they should be done based on mm -hmm. someone else's opinion? And you start to like evaluate, evaluate, evaluate why you've made kind of the decisions that you've made not in a negative way necessarily yeah, just totally. trying to go back and and see if you've kind of taken the easiest path to where you're trying to get yeah um yeah it, it I, gives you opportunity too, to evaluate what action you might be able to take now too yeah looking back at what you've already done or how you wound up where you're at yeah and then, and, and, you know, and yeah so that acceptance i think if you're of, of like owning i guess uh why Ownership. you made those decisions Absolutely. um is is super important and i mean you have to you're going to get stuck in, in the mud if you don't have acceptance for whatever decision that you made at any point. Um, That's right, yeah. But understanding why you made it, yeah, is super important. So you accept it because yeah. it could be a mistake. Yeah. But you could easily turn around and point a finger at your partner or you could exactly. point, right, point a finger over here and blame the supplier or whatever yeah. it is. But instead of doing that, you just accept it and then you go, okay, now what can we do to move on and... Exactly. It right, it's right. ultimately, yeah, it's ultimately, it's you, right? Like, and, and, and even if you have a partnership of like in this business, uh, in this case, we have uh, like four managing partners. Oh, okay. Um, it's on, it's, everybody has to say it's on me. 
That's right. Do you know what I mean? Abs- like, absolutely. Uh, it absolutely. doesn't work if you have four people. And uh, we all agree that it's on you. That's right. That, that's, yeah. that's not. We all agree it's on you, except for you. <laughs> exactly. That's not going to work. Like, no, for sure. If, if uh, it, it has to be four people who every single issue in the space is their responsibility entirely. 100%. That's the uh, extreme ownership. Yeah, absolutely. And we've we've run into roadblocks with this business where um, I mean, an outsider looking in might want to place blame on an individual but Absolutely. the four of us have all sat there and said like this is on me because of this reason that's cool. this is on me because of this reason and uh yeah that's that's important in that decision making yeah that's huge yeah. that is huge because uh i think i think we all know the the alternative and how a lot of those conversations go right especially when yeah. you get four people four men are the men emotional uh nope nope uh one woman amy turner our general manager and partner and then and then three men that's probably one of the best parts of the uh situation yeah. but as i say especially four men but four four a type personalities or four go-getters in yeah. general though in a room yeah you know it's generally that it's either I'm always right, or it's an open <clears throat> space where everybody takes responsibility and says, "What are we all going to now do collectively to pick up?" Yeah, and slide? these are and these particular four people are you know fairly high achievers. And Jesse and I have had three businesses open, um, which shaves down the sharp edges of your ego rather rapidly. Like I mean, <laughs> it's not, and 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 those two as well. Like they've they've excelled at high level and uh, they've they've run businesses. Um, when you're at the top of a business, whether you own it or you're running it for someone else, uh, if you're doing it reflectively, if you're thinking about what you're doing every day, your ego begins to dissipate rather quickly. It just right. has to. There's no uh, room for it. There's no room for it if you're going to make smart decisions. And I think that that's probably the reason that like we all can have those types of honest conversations and blame ourselves first and then look for solutions because, I mean, really... <laughs> yeah. You know, like if the ego gets involved, it's going to be a nightmare. No doubt. Well, and to what end? <clears throat> so you're right. Now what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. Uh, there's still a thing that needs to be resolved. And, and, uh, and our, uh, it sounds like commitment keeps coming in as one of those words. It's like, yeah. Are you yeah. actually committed to what you said that you were committed to at the very beginning? And yeah. maybe, maybe you're not anymore. Yeah. And that's, you know, those are things that um, <clears throat> I just circled setbacks. So let's talk. Let's segue, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, setbacks. yeah, when we opened uh, the, the most recent business and the, you know, the first two businesses that we opened were um, fairly healthy right off the bat for a number of reasons. Uh, Jesse and I had more time to give to them ourselves and not pay ourselves, right, uh, yeah. which, which freed up a lot of labor. Uh, as you grow, you have less time to give to those businesses, so you have to inject labor into them, um, and that makes the business less profitable. Um, and I think, like, so when we opened, we opened late over budget, which is pretty common for restaurants, to be completely honest. But we also opened in November, which is, if I had to pick the worst possible time to open uh, a hospitality business, it would be November, because <laughs> you're not open long enough to get any traction for Christmas. You, therefore, post-Christmas, you're going to go through January, February, March. And for some reason in Calgary this year, April, was just a nightmare for everybody. Yeah. Um, and you're going to just have to struggle through uh, to get to a place where um, you can you can 
you know, make some hay. Right. So <clears throat> we had big setbacks early on. Uh, in in frankly, we opened Vineyard Seventeen in November as well. Oh, wow. So of twenty sixteen, and then November of twenty seventeen. So you really like that one? <clears throat> yeah, it's great. It's well, like you know, <laughs> an extra challenge. <laughs> The best time to open a restaurant or any business is probably the worst time to open it. If you can survive the worst time, well, that's true. Hopefully, that's hopefully that's that is the silver lining that we like both those business. Well, so I, I guess if you use Seventeenth as an analog, yeah, like we struggled like hell um, just to with our own hours and putting in our own time to make sure that that thing lived to to the next year. And by the time November of 2017 rolled around, which would be a year old, um, it began to show some fruit. And we're like, okay, you know, but then we were just opening a restaurant right at that same time. Yeah, right. And and the same challenges, right? And so now we're into June uh, and we're starting to see some um, results from those initial setbacks. Now, there's some things that we did very positively and there's some things that we could have done better. There's things that were in our control and there was things that were out of our control. Um, you know, like I think that we were overconfident uh, about what was coming up next week. You know, like, okay, well, winter's over. Uh, it's going to be... Yeah, it's just going to convert it's, over. Yeah, it's like it, you know, the chairs. weather's going to change. As soon as oh, I put the patio yeah. out, like, it's going to be fine. And so we didn't... I don't think we... Don't be sipping my ties. It's perfect. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Next week, guaranteed. Yeah, good to go. I don't think we attacked it hard enough. And um, um, But then there was things that we really did setbacks that we had that we really looked at and we were cognizant of and we we i think we made 100 percent the right decision on the direction of the brand and on of the menu and uh and that kind of where we saw problems recognized them took action one of the first things that uh, tino and i my chef uh talked about through the first set of setbacks was like stress in a lot of people causes inaction it cannot cause that in us mm. we have to be able to oh, man, what a great thing for this. yeah well and it, it's it's true like i mean uh, you see a lot of people stress just shuts them down and then that's that's it yeah um and they turn to their vices or whatever uh but it, it can't cause that in us and it didn't i think that um you're always going to look back and say you wish you would have moved faster smarter you know taking this turn when you zig when you should have zigged but I think that we've been pretty good at um, recognizing problems and at least taking action on. Uh, and those, because of that, we're starting to see the results. And you know, as you know, in a business, you take an action at one point, and it could be six months before yeah. you see you any result from that action. Right. You yeah. just have to have this confidence that if I keep making the right actions, that right. five six months from now, I'll start to see the payoff from them. Uh, and I think we are, which is great. But you still have to keep taking those actions. You, you know, I'm getting so much value out of this conversation. Totally. And people can get a ton of value out of this because, I mean, you're out there doing it, man. You're making it happen. What are some of the things that you say to yourself? Or you're, you have a team, too, so that's always yeah. helpful. But like you said, you said something very valuable there. Having the confidence to take action now, just trusting and being confident that, you know, it's going to yield a result. It's going to be something good. Or you might come back and see that data and go, all right, we've got to change something up. And then you've got to take another confident action. So what are the things that you're telling yourself day one when you start something new? Yeah, I think that it's just that, like to be aware uh, of the surroundings and be aware of how people are reacting to it. And um, <clears throat> it's a difficult thing sometimes because uh, you, especially when you have multiple businesses, 
um, to get like honest feedback. And you have to pry people for honest feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's an important one too. Like um, your friends don't want to hurt you. And uh, the worst it, people to get feedback from. The absolute no, it's worst. great. It's all great. Tastes that good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. awesome. <clears throat> totally, totally. And it's and it that yeah. it is not helpful. And you have to have that conversation. With Absolutely. Yeah. I have certain friends that I know. Uh, I will get 100% honest feedback from at all times. And I'm sure I'm sure those are the rockiest relationships. Like, well, they are. Don't you really have to say that right now? Yeah. Like, it's actually needed. You lie. Yeah. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Like, I mean, uh, their timing sometimes can be... But it's always welcome when you, upon reflection. Like, yeah. yeah so it's like, the person when you, you put an event out there on, on, on some social platform or something. They're the one that comments right in your... Hey man, uh, did you recheck the spelling on yeah, your? Yeah, no, exactly. What's what's the deal? Exactly. You spelled the wrong. Yeah. yeah. You pay attention. Totally. Uh, and I take heed for my uh, my social media activity all the time on the businesses from some close friends. Very I'm, I'm a little too personal on it. I think they're like, get a personal account. Like, yeah. get a personal account. I'm like, I know, I know, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I would push <laughs> against that only because what's the difference between the two? Yeah, well, fair enough, right? And if and, people and, and they know you, like they when when people go to your establishments, yeah, they get to know you. That's yeah. true. So to to that, that's an old construct. Yeah, it is it's an old paradigm. It actually doesn't serve it's, us as well. It's the you. shadow person behind the scenes. Like nobody knows who the owner is of the business or the big restaurant. Nobody knows. No, totally. But like, wouldn't it be nice to know? I personally, I like it's nice to know, like, wow, I'm buying this item from this place and it's helping that guy's family. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, you know? that's, that currency has a ton of value. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I guess if you take it back to your question, like, how, what do you tell yourself when you're yeah. kind of going through these openings? I mean, that's part of it. Like, take, recognize what's going on. In fact, you know, the, the baby analogy gets like overused for businesses, but it's very accurate. Uh, and I think, Part of it is, is that, and for me anyways, the, the baby analogy with businesses is like, you don't know what you're giving birth to. Right. You have an idea uh, and it's going to, you know, hopefully it, it all goes well. You know, your idea is going to become your idea. Right. But it takes its own course often and, and uh, it, not a single business that we've opened. I think proof is probably closest to what we envisioned for it. Uh, of the three concepts. Um, but the other ones, like Vine Arts was going to be a, a neighborhood boutique wine store that you could still grab your bottle of booze at. Well, it's kind of become almost a 50-50 mix of like you go there for spirits, right? Or beer or like those sorts of unique items. And the wine, far from secondary, it's still the highest selling category for us. But it's taken more of a backseat than we anticipated. Um, proof has become essentially what we had designed it to become or thought that it would become. Donomac is already becoming something quite different, hmm. um, which is fine Yeah, because yeah. it has to go along that path um, or else you're going to be, if you're not it's taking like it along that path. to adolescence. Totally. you got to find mm. yourself. And if you're not letting it take that path, if you're fighting it, right. uh, then you're going to run into problems, right? Like it, I don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're fighting it. And that's a very kind of almost hokey Touchy feely <clears throat> kind of aspect of the business, but it's true. Like, That's you just something don't that comes it. up a lot. Yeah, it, it, this that analogy of the of the ocean wave came to my head right away. It's like you can you can fight against stuff. Sometimes you have to lean. Maybe it's not exactly what you wanted or what you were hoping for, or what you envisioned. But sometimes, if you lean into it, 
yeah. and allow it to evolve, it sort of turns into something different and a whole new possibility that still works. Yes, and that's and that's I think if you aren't paying attention to that, uh, you're 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 gonna have problems. And there's people I have a lot of uh, examples um, of that where like the director of the business, <clears throat> whether they're an owner or entrepreneur or not, or they're just in charge of running a business, mm-hmm. um, has their bullet points. And like, they're not gonna vary from that. Right. And, uh, uh, and you know, it seems like for, especially larger organizations, that's like something that's like, uh, this is gonna steer us through. We know our mission statement. We know our, most things need to evolve. Yeah, uh, And sure. if you, because people evolve. People evolve. And if you're going to be rigid in those things, you will eventually see it on the bottom line. It's almost like a mission guideline. It should be a guideline. You know, honestly, like I, I, again, like and to expect, especially in my industry, that um, what you just, what you thought would be cool is going to be cool in 10 years is just pure arrogance. (laughs) There's no examples. Well, not no. There's very few examples of like an unchanging uh, in our city, in my industry, um, like the ship and anchor is a good example of like an institutionalized um, thing that like still works. Right. Yeah. It still works in its in its original kind of like form, but uh, there's not many of those. People are always going to want to go to a place that has sort of a. Um, a novelty feel to it so so you know yeah. the, the back east sort of thing and get good beer and have good appetizers yeah uh, but it, it has to fall into some kind of a something people can anchor to not to not to be cliche but yeah. ship and anchor is like a place that there's always going to be people from back east coming out here yeah and there's always going to be people that want to be be um, caught up in that nostalgia yeah and but I mean it speaks to, to the, it speaks to a small town small city kind of pub right like I mean right. everybody's welcome um, you see every type of character uh, that exists in that place, um, <clears throat> right from, you know, the musician, bohemian, all the way up to the finance guy. That's, uh, they're, they're all there. That's absolutely right. Um, and that's great. It's a community. Um, you can only wish that for your business, right? That you're attracting that wider that breadth, kind of right? Yeah, yeah no absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I mean, to talk about that and like you'd brought up like, kind of what people just like like you know like what what they're what there's always going to be space for in the market right i think we're learning um with this new restaurant that calgary had gone on a journey i've been here since 2002 when i moved here it was very much um pints of beer appetizers like uh you know the the date places although there was a few but you were going to like the cilantros and broad bistros uh, but mostly people were kind of hitting the cactus clubs and the joeys and the earls, uh, the big chains. <clears throat> and we saw this like shift where there was this big push behind uh, local and supporting smaller local businesses for two reasons. One, there was more opening. Um, so there was an opportunity for the marketplace to kind of share in that and support local businesses. But the other one is like, the quality of those local businesses. Always, there's always been local businesses, but they had a hard time competing with the consistency of food and service that the big boys were giving. Hmm. And I think that there was uh, a few people in the city, uh, not a few, there's many. Um, the ones that get a lot of press, uh, though, like Jamie and Kelly at Una, 
um, giving an offering that was uh, high quality food, better than what you can find at a, at a big chain restaurant and high quality service. So that you also wanted to support local, not just because they were local, but because it was yeah, a good option for you. The offering was great. It was worth it. It was worth it. Um, so you might spend a few more dollars per plate. Um, and then that started to go down this road of like Calgary over the last four or five years, starting to see like a lot more eclectic, diverse tastes in food. Um, obviously Cody opening native tongues, uh, you know, kind of like brought it up a little bit further. I think us with proof, that's like a concept that was outside of Calgary, but didn't really exist here in the form that it was in. Although I'll always give milk tiger credit for, um, being like the first true cocktail bar. It was just a cocktail bar wow. uh, in this city. Um, but it appeared to us that we were going to go down this road and it was just going to be like, okay, the hipsterism and like the whole like supporting of like these like strange ideas and like keep it weird. And Calgary was kind of heading down that road. But I think I've seen the elastic band snap back. And I think if you talk to most um, operators in my segment anyways, which like are small, local entrepreneurs, um, it's snapped back pretty hard. Like, uh, we're back into a position of the busy restaurants, even the locally owned ones are offering, um, pretty standard fare, uh, approachable food, uh, done well, but, um, you know, cheap beers. Uh, and we're kind of, we, we took a step back towards that. Uh, and we have to react to it as businesses and those who are not reacting to it are suffering. Right. Um, I long for like more eclectic tastes and people to kind of like be more adventurous, but that's what we opened with Donomac was like some pretty adventurous food and the feedback immediately was like, okay, well we better get a burger on the menu. Right. Like, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that really was it. So, wow. um, yeah. uh, so yeah, talking about like paying attention to those market movers and, and kind of what people want, it's, it's hugely important. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause everybody, everybody, uh, wants to try new things for sure but you can never beat a good burger hey well it's, it's tough that's for sure we uh we're, we're proving that right now right like i mean i think that if you talk to my chef right now he he would um prefer to be kind of pushing himself in a different uh, direction i bet yeah. uh personally um but we found that uh, we just have to calm it down a bit and I, and a lot of that comes from like listen me and my business partners, when we travel, we eat. Like that's why we travel in a lot of situations. So we've been exposed to things that, uh, and then you start to your own personal perception of like what is good. Uh, it influences. It influences what you're putting onto the plate, but you, then you have to realize that like your experiences are so vastly different than the vast majority of people. And you just kind of have to find, the good news is, is that we've all been there. Like. It's a position we've been in before that, you know, okay, we know what's good and what people just want to eat. I, you know, uh, yes, I may have taken myself to this point, you know, in the culinary scene where I, I'll go try the craziest stuff, but like, right. I'm in the like five percentile. It's a narrow, people. narrow yeah, market. It's a very sure. narrow market. So, right, right. Yeah. Um, when you still get to create that for those people. And I think you just, it's a, it's a repositioning to honor those that, uh, that are in their own respective ways, their own trailblazers in that space. Yeah. And then you honor the rest. You just want a burger. 
right? So totally. You, There's room on that menu for, for all those people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can yeah. put trial things on there or, you know, whatever. Features. And, yeah, yeah, features and stuff like that that uh, stretch people a bit or give that person who's got a little bit more of a palate an yeah. opportunity to try something new. Yeah, and I think that that, that initial uh, mistake, and it was a mistake, was influenced quite a bit by our, our previous businesses, which were um, really reaching out there. Uh, something that like we knew didn't exist here, um, but we got very positive reaction to. Right. So our own personal experiences, even though I was hearing um, from my colleagues, throughout the process uh the theory we just spoke about where like calgary's kind of going through regression and it seems like everybody just kind of wants like some very approachable uh you know fair uh i was hearing that and ignoring it completely because i i i had this personal experience that like but they'll like it yeah exactly <laughs> we're, we're pushing we're kind of pushing uh a little bit further out with these two concepts and they're working really well so my personal experience was kind of flying in the face of um, uh, a lot of the advice I was getting from colleagues. But it was almost instantaneous. Uh, when we opened, I was like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we need to, yeah. The ability to react in that moment. Yeah, good for you. Uh, make yeah. the pivot. That, that is, that's what makes all That's the key. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, and that's, if there's anything that somebody out there is listening wants to take from that uh, experience, that's it. Just like understanding uh, what is going on right in front of you, and then yeah, you're not painted in the corner. You, Never. You actually can. You can always get out. You can. Pivot. Yeah. yeah, and it always feels that way. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, the first, the initial reaction is always like, oh, oh I, I fucked myself. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I, we're done. Like, right. it, but it's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I mean, that's a natural reaction. To your earlier point, the uh, the the reaction of, of being stressed and the paralyzing the effect of that not not taking an, an action because the the next step is like in your world is is uh, the end all be all yeah it's the critical next step you don't want to fuck that up you already fucked this up you don't want to fuck that yeah up. totally but you just gotta take yeah. the lead yeah and i would i would recommend that you know you know as much as you can know about all possible outcomes i mean that's yeah, that yeah absolutely that's sure, super yeah. important don't jump where the shallow water is yeah, yeah. totally right like uh yeah exactly have a have a really good idea of uh every escape route uh yeah. but make the decisions that are going to be best for the business getting healthier first and uh and then watch to see if those take right mm -hmm. well it's uh fascinating conversation so speaking of which or just a couple quick questions that i have before we wrap up yeah um it seems like you open a business almost every year for the last three or four years so what what's the plan now do you guys have uh, just kind of keep your finger on the pulse for a bit and see how, where things go yeah or? i think uh like we have one thing that's kind of on the back burner that pops up once in a while uh for fine arts but jesse my business partner my my core business partner uh, he and i own the majority of the businesses uh he's just had a baby cool um we've just had three of the craziest work years we've ever had i think that we are definitely in a in a kind of whole period here sure uh, you know it's you you see things like divine art 17th starting to take off and you're like oh well, that's not a worry anymore. We can look at something else. But I think that we're right. We especially the last three years because we were planning Vineyard Seventeenth and Donomac, uh, and now they're both running. Um, it was nonstop work with very little play. 
Uh, and I think the last three years have given us quite a bit of appreciation for work-life balance and for sure it is to our partners uh and to and to ourselves and so i think you'll see us yeah probably take a a wee break here well uh, i don't learn to check you guys out is there can we is there sites for each of your absolutely yeah so they're all separate sites but like uh, vinearts.ca proofyyc.com and donamacyyc.ca we'll definitely put those links in the description that would be great and uh, maybe we'll have to go down there for a... Uh, don't have to sell me yeah, on David was talking the least, but he killed it on... Yeah, I copied... Mo- I did find a couple <laughs> of my own that I'm quite proud of, but I definitely copied... Uh, this is interesting. And, and honestly, uh, when we have guests, uh, it's an exercise for me. It may be for Ferd, but... He likes to talk more than I like to talk. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I don't mind talking as you can tell. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I and, appreciate it. I'm a little under the weather, some, so you let I leverage There was some great, time. great wisdom that there is some, yeah. some awesome perspective for, for entrepreneurship and, and the, the philosophy behind it, you know, the, the way of being that we are as entrepreneurs. And I, I really thank you for taking the time to, to sit and, and chat with us. It was a lot of fun. And, and we are going to... So, Donna Mac, is patio ready now? Yeah, absolutely. Patio's rolling. That was the thing I was waiting for. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come out, have a drink. And I'd like to thank you guys. This was great. I had a great time. I'm really happy that we got through an hour of conversation without talking about Donna Les Trump. So, oh, that's right. fantastic. Way to go, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Big victory. I clap on that one. <laughs> I think uh, it's an easy one to miss for us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, this was really great. Good. And, uh, and we'll have you on again. Cheers, yeah. I'd love to do it. Whenever you whenever you uh, need, you just call. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back again next week. Have a great weekend.